podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is A View From The Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 4th of February, 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. Two points for each team and two games that had two goals in total in the second month of the year. Um, the Belfast Giants undertook a doubleheader weekend at home against the Cardiff Devils, splitting the weekend splitting the points and each of them gaining two points on the Sheffield Steelers. We have a lot to cover on this week's show. Uh, we don't have any TFA with the lads because the lads are on a well-earned break. It's just shy of two weeks before our next game against the Manchester Storm. So a well-earned break for a number of them. Well, apart from Adam Keith, Paul Swindlehurst and Ben Lake, who are away with GB. Uh, we'll be talking about that Cardiff double. Have a quick look around the league. The player of the month will be hearing from him. Uh, a bit of an Ask Davy slash Ask Joel. And a look ahead to the Manchester-Nottingham game. And maybe have a chat about next week's Mark Garside testimonial, but I've named them already. Mr. McJimsey, how are you? I'm not so bad, Paddy. Keeping okay, thank you. Good, good. Mr. Neil, you keeping well? Yes, boys. Good to hear from you. It's good to chat to you, as always. Good, good. Right. An interesting weekend for the Giants. We're going to get stuck in, as I normally do when it comes to these double headers. I'll give you all the stats and then let's chat about the weekend. Um, Saturday, Cardiff. 1-0 win for your Belfast Giants. Elgin Pierce with a power play goal. The only goal of the game coming in the second period. Uh, Shane Owen, 16 shots against Ben Bounds, 19 shots against Sewell and Perring were the referees for the whole weekend. And on the Sunday, the scoreline was reversed. This time the goal coming from Haddad and the power play in the first period. Uh, 1-0 win for Cardiff. 20 shots against Shane Owen, 29 shots against Ben Bounds, Sewell and Perring once again your referees. Um, before we get stuck in to talk about it, let's hear Adam Keefe's post-game reaction to Saturday. Join after the Giants, 1-0 win over the Cardiff Devils by Giants head coach Adam Keefe. Uh, coach, after a scrappy first period there, that one sort of emerged as an unlikely classic. Obviously a, a low-scoring game, but a, but a real character win. What are your thoughts from the bench? Yeah, I thought it was uh, a great character win, just like you said there. Um, we knew it was going to be a playoff-type game and atmosphere, uh, as we've seen here before. Every time, uh, especially at this time of the season when us and Cardiff meet up, uh, it's going to be a tight game, and that's exactly what it was. That was a great game of hockey. Um, not sure how it felt for the fans to watch it, obviously being not many goals, but um, for us, that's the type of game we want to see. You know, back and forth, uh, tight coverage all over the ice. Uh, I'm sure both coaches were fairly happy with, with you know, the majority of the effort between both teams. I thought it was uh, a great game of hockey. Um, obviously decided by one power play goal. Um, so tonight uh, we we get that one and uh, we'll certainly take it. Uh, now the challenge is to turn our focus to tomorrow and do it again. That's That's been the, the biggest challenge here on these doubleheaders. I, I guess knowing you as a player and, and without trying to stray into any sort of dangerous territory, what were your thoughts on the refereeing tonight? They very much seemed to let the boys play. 
Yeah, actually, no. I, I, I thought they were pretty good. I thought they got the, the call wrong on uh, Lowney there at the end. Um, uh, I thought that we could have maybe got one back as a result of that because of uh, a few questionable hits. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I thought the game was refed, uh, refed well. I thought uh, they let us play for the most part. Each, I think each team had three power plays each, and um, you know the five on five was allowed to flow and. Uh, you know, there's some big hits, uh, some physical play that uh, was allowed to happen as long as it was within the rules. And um, I thought it was a great game of hockey. I thought it was a a great advert for the IHL. Uh, you know, especially coming down to this title chase, um, we want to throw our our names in this hat here and uh, make a run at it. Uh, you know, and this is obviously a big weekend, as you saw last year, that can kind of set you up on that course. And, um, we we can't look at the big picture. Uh, we need to focus on uh, the game tomorrow. Thanks, Coach. Right. So, two tight games to start with Saturday's Davy. Um, a, a pretty end-to-end game, which was predominantly five-on-five five between two even teams. Only seven penalties handed out in the seven minors handed out in the in the entire game. Four to Belfast, three to Cardiff. In what was a relatively entertaining game. Yeah, and uh, as you said, there are a bit of penalty situation. That's what you wanted to see, and you know you want to see th- these teams jig it out five on five and let the best team win. Um, <clears throat> ironic, but they'd come up with a power play goal. But you know, I think that five on five it, it showed that they're very evenly matched. A bit like when we played the Sheffield Steelers over the last few games. You know, these these top three teams are are pretty even five on five, and and special teams are are so critical. On the on the man short and the man extra, it's absolutely key. And uh, yeah, Elgin Pierce has managed to find out just a little hole there. He stuck with it um, in front of the net and, and got one in behind bounds. But like, how tight was this game? The, the Belfast Giants defensively were superb. And uh, you know, I put that out there. I think um, I think it was something like 13, 14 blocks. They had three or four blocks. You know, just on the night, the level of commitment, the the help she and Owen out. Oh, he had a, a you know a really really good between the pipes as well, but getting that sort of level of buy-in from your your defense defensive core as well, you know, really really tight game, and uh, I'm disappointed we're not getting to sign the sign the Claxon again this weekend, but uh-huh. you know to come out of Saturday night, both games were much of a muchness to be quite honest with you, Paddy. You know, you could take them as a as a as a 120 minutes. I I, I think I'll, I'll let Joel come on. I'll come back on to some stats which he may or may not have. Um, <laughs> following the Sunday game though and uh you know which which kind of sums our season up. This is frustrating. This was this was key. Okay, we've take a split. We're not dead in the water yet. You know, it's it's a dev we're we're in a difficult spot, let's be honest, uh, in in terms of title retention. But you know in terms of the weekend you want to win the first game and then see what see what else you can get off the weekend. Unfortunately we weren't able to come up with anything on the Sunday. The goal, Joel, from Elgin Pierce was was a tight affair right, right through a lot of traffic. Yeah, the only Giants goal I saw all weekend was down at the east end. Whenever the media box is uh, quite a distance away uh, on the other end, and and it, you know, I mean, he, he did very well to find that gap as as you saw throughout the weekend, finding any daylight on Ben Bounds with that very kind of proficient collapse in defense is is a difficult task. He did well to sort of pick that that shot. I think it went through two Devils bodies just on the edge of the crease on its way in as well. Um, so I mean, Elgin Pierce. I mean, I, I am a big Elgin Pierce guy from the fact that. I wasn't his greatest fan when he was in Dundee, and I guess looking back now, I, I mean that as a compliment. He's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve.
sleeve and, and he's one of those guys you know if you're annoying other fan bases you're probably doing something right and uh, i'm just so glad that that for whatever reason things didn't work out in dundee because he has been a real difference maker since coming here and uh, and, and in that entire game he was the single solitary difference maker uh i agree with david you know i, I don't want to uh, leave him with absolutely nothing to say so I'll, I'll just keep my stats in my pocket here but um <laughs> uh, defensive uh defensive weekend and, and normally to be honest those kinds of games not really the the spectacles of maybe tight you know four five six goal games but i was completely gripped that entire three periods it was it was a fantastic entertaining spectacle um it was a pretty anxious one if you have skin in the game but it was very enjoyable and not to not to sort of rob from my own game report or, or to rehash old ground but um Whenever you look at the context of this weekend, I think it's what makes it so entertaining. I think everyone, both fan bases, uh, have had this weekend circled ever since last season. And, and obviously, big controversial finish to, to a four-point weekend that many look back on now as the turning point in the Giants' kind of title hopes. Uh, you look at the sort of this this blooming rivalry between the Devils and the Giants, you know, the the Challenge Cup, uh, the famous Challenge Cup win when we all battled the storm and the snow to get there, uh, the, the league being clinched on the, the last day like it was, the playoff final with Darcy Murphy getting hit, Blair Riley going across the Irish Sea and joining them. And, you know, I said it in the, in the report as well, that's before you even take into account that their general manager uh, was standing on Sunday over his retired banner, uh, you know, the, the one and only Tim Coleman, Bracknell B's legend. So there's a, there's a <laughs> lot at stake uh, on these kinds of weekends. Uh, to be honest, you couldn't have put a piece of paper between those teams uh, for both of the games, but I did think the Giants looked a lot more game and a lot, a lot more lively on the Saturday. Uh, defensively fantastic very very physical in fact whenever things kind of lulled a little bit got a little anxious after elgin pierce's goal in the second period i think the only thing that kept the devils at bay was the giants forecheck the giants physicality massive hits matt pellich in particular was sensational on saturday uh if you've seen the webcast you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but in the third period whenever he took the the puck from our own d zone along the right wing uh sorry chipped it out of the d zone won it back on the right wing Right the back of Ben Bounds, cut across into the slot, and I think dangled two more jerseys before getting a shot off, which unfortunately was saved. But he was one of a number of standout performances. Uh, I must mention Lewis Hook as well on, on that Saturday. He's just continuing to have a, a fantastic kind of back end of the season. Uh, Look, at, you know, we were lucky probably to come away with that one. You know, at, at the end, it got very, very anxious. Uh, you know, Ben Bounds, he went to the, the bench inside that last minute. Lordo called that timeout with 34 seconds on the clock. And it was just chaos round to that last buzzer. The, the final seconds seemed to take hours to take away. Uh, but a massive win on Saturday. Huge energy. Massive noise in the building. Um, I don't think Sunday was quite as good. Uh, I know Davey said they're, they're fairly similar. Uh, but goodness me, I left that arena on Saturday night completely elated and that doesn't happen often after a one goal game credit the boomerang corner for their banners which was very entertaining as well very um, good loved it um davy you know you, you mentioned the defensive performance shane owen i think comes out for special credit in that yeah look um defensively as a unit across the weekend we blocked 23 shots you know and if you want to say that goalies generally save <coughs> you know at around 90 percent, that's as good as two goals Two goals saved by the D, um, which kept us in the game. You know, I think it's right in the dying seconds of Sunday's game with Shane Owen pulled. I think it's Stevie Dixon dies in front of one for them as well. And you know, the commitment level of the two teams, perhaps we didn't get as much on on goal across the across the weekend as we would have liked. Two two really solid defensive performances from two teams, but 
you know, I was talking about stats earlier on there, and I'll just uh, scroll down here quickly because the stats guy sent me some earlier there on, well, yesterday, actually, we were, we were having a little chat, and, you know, if you say across 20 games, we have scored, failed to score the first goal in 20 games this season, and uh, we've only won four, only gone on to uh, to win four of those games. You know, we, we talk all the time in that section of the show that I, I despise about... Um, what <laughs> it gets stronger every game. week. <laughs> and we're, well, it's, it's what can you actually say, right? We need to get the first goal. We've said, you know, 20 times this season. We'll it's, it's fair point, um, fair point. You know, we, we, we keep losing. It, um, it's last seven games, v Cardiff, we've scored 11 goals. You know, that's not going to win very many games. Nope. Um, it was enough on Saturday night because of the defensive performance we got on Sunday. It just wasn't quite enough because, you know, although we had a very, very good defensive performance, and if you only concede one goal, you would expect to, to go on, and especially at home, and, and probably win a game. But that's been our Achilles heel all season. We have struggled just to get that puck <laughs> through Ben Bounds, especially. You know, I think um, Bounds, he may have shot us out three times in the SSC. Would that be right this season? I think oh, that's sure. right. Just off the top of my head, certainly I think he shot us out back to back there in the Challenge Cup Challenge and Cup. The, the league, didn't he? But um, you know, so we, we still struggle with that <laughs> offensive, um, you know, problems that we've had all season where we there's games we just can't seem to get the puck in the net. But I think yeah, special praise for Shane Owen. He had a really really strong weekend. You go into a, a game against or two games against the Cardiff Devils and you only ship one goal. Um, you know, you've had a really, really good weekend defensively. So I think props to the boys for that. But unfortunately, at the other end of the ice, we, we certainly created. We we were creative. Yeah, Kieran Long has rung the bar. I can't remember whether it was Saturday or something. I think it might have been Saturday, right right at the death of the game as well. You know, and his sort of luck, puck luck in front of, of goal continues where it's just not going the right side of the bar, right side of the post for him. But you know, we continue to try and do the right things well and, and you just hope that it turns around. As I said, I don't think we're we're completely out of the title race, but we're certainly at a point now where, you know, it's out of our hands and, um, and we're looking at teams to drop significant points between now and the end of the season. I think the coming back, a, a sort of week of rest will do the boys good. And I think when we come back, we need to rip through the, the first two weekends, the first sort of five or six games, maximum points or just forget about it. Joel, was Sunday a more feisty, ill-tempered affair? I say so with the uh, the the bout between Liam Morgan and Blair Riley. Fantastic! Uh, that will stand, I think, this season as one of those iconic moments. Uh, and again, I said it at the weekend, but I don't think Liam Morgan had any idea of how. Uh, how firmly he cemented himself in future highlight videos. I can already see Neil Whiteside's slow-mo replay of that <laughs> in uh, next year's intro video. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I mean, I guess whenever you play games on a knife edge like that and whenever you've been trading these barbs back and forward all season and there's the history that there is between these two sides, two sides that are very similar in terms of quality, in terms of the hockey that they're playing, uh, it was always going to get feisty. Uh, I think in general, uh, the Sunday game just was not quite quite as electric as the Saturday one. Uh, I, I feel anyway that, that in the second period, the Giants got really tired looking. I think we looked gassed for the first time. Uh, to be fair, we rallied in the third and, and the coach set me straight in post game. You know, we, we heavily outshot them in the third period as we went desperately looking for that goal. But we just didn't seem to have that same little 
fizz that we had on the Saturday night. Um, and, and it's a shame, I guess, that, you know, Morgs, uh, and let's set the scene for that Liam Morgan fight. You know, Liam Morgan is 21 years old, out of NCAA, first year pro, not known as a fighter by any stretch. Yeah, I asked him and he, and he said his last uh, in-game fight, uh, and he did specify in-game fight, which was brilliant. Um, his last in-game fight was in junior. Uh, and you're you're dropping the gloves there with, you know, a pound-for-pound pound heavyweight. Blair Riley made a name for himself in the AHL as as a fighter. You know, he's a tough guy. We've seen what, what he can do. Um, so for Morgs to drop the gloves times. in the first... Well, yeah, I mean, they were they were glued on some other times, you know. It's yeah, let's let's not get revisionist with our history here, but he definitely was before he came to the EI anyway, known as as you know a, a tough guy in the in the AHL that would answer the bell when needed. Um, for Morgs to drop the gloves like he did, you know, and, and I think it, was, it came from a bit of jawing off at the bench Riles was giving it to whoever, uh, and Morgs just fancied it, which is, is awesome. Uh, he said he didn't think too much about the circumstances at the time with Riles being a, a previous captain, whatever else. But either way, goodness me, the place just lit up. And, and I guess, I, 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 and before I carry on, sorry, credit to Morgs for holding his own. He landed some stiff jabs there, uh, only stopped whenever he, he got jerseyed. And, and Simon pointed this out on Twitter at the end of the weekend to give my uh, former friend Blair Riley a little bit of credit. As soon as that jersey was up over Morgan's head, the swing and stopped. So, you know, that's, that's Riley's just being a pro. That's a classy move for, for a guy who, who knows, you know, fighting in hockey and whatever else. Uh, it's a shame that the boys couldn't rally after that. I, I did think that we were, uh, you know, just a, a little a little lackluster in that second period. Uh, the third period, it, it got very desperate. You know, the, the last few minutes, I, I thought my heart was going to stop. Uh, just the you know the 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 frantic pour and forward of the giants both with yeah. possession and on the four check uh, and then when patrick mullen <laughs> rang the post i was nearly out of the media box that was one of the most heartbreaking moments of my entire life that puck stopped dead in front of that post and it sat there for what felt like an eternity and um, look it wasn't to be on the sunday uh two big defensive battles i just i felt that for periods of that game we were a little bit more flat than on the saturday uh but unfortunately, if, you know, I think unfortunately for both sides, it doesn't really benefit anyone. But a split weekend there was probably the the fair result uh, for for two teams that you could barely get a slice of paper between. Davey, coming back to that Morgan Riley fight, you know, statistically Riley when he came out of the uh, AHL. We talked about it many times about guys with a reputation in the AHL maybe losing their edge and not fighting as much in the AHL. But Riley carved out a totally different sort of career for himself compared to that. And uh, But we didn't see him drop the gloves that many times at the SSE. Not too often in the SSE, you know, a couple of times from memory and a couple of times away from home in his three years in tail. And, you know, <laughs> that was certainly the highlight reel one for his his time and you know Belfast will will be remembered for now fighting when as a Cardiff Devil against Liam Morgan. Um, fair play to Morgs for for standing up, you know, to a, a guy ten years older than him, with or maybe even older than that, with a lot more experience and that kind of thing. But that's that's the game, you know. Yep. Um, and, and Morgan was more than happy to go with it. They held his own. Um, credit the the Riles also at the end there when the when the shirt pops over. Uh, Morgan said he could have put another couple in, but you know, there's a the code as they call it. You know, he was he was quick enough to just leave the the one up the pump where he didn't uh, need to to throw that last one and uh, skate it off to. He was pumped, you know, heading heading back to the uh, the uh, penalty box and Morgan also. You you seen how many players from the Belfast Giants find equipment and, and a, an excuse to go over and give him a pat in the shin pads and a, a bit of a fist pump. You know, it's. Uh, it's nice to see that. With, with, it's yeah. nice to see a young guy who has struggled to even get in the, the starting lineup of late 
you know and and sometimes you have to you know it's a bit cliche to say you fight for your ice time but you maybe go out there and you you just let the coach know that you're willing to do what you've got to do to to be in the lineup and uh i think we're going to quit it himself very well indeed one of the uh let's say punctuation points of this game in a one nil defeat to the uh, Cardiff Devils is, of course, the hit from Massimo Marjamaki on to uh, David Goodwin in the third period. Goodwin left the game with uh, with a with an injury. Uh, Masimaki got five plus game for a check to the head. We are speaking on Tuesday evening as we normally do. As of yet, there has been no dops determination on this hit. Uh, I th- we put it out on a view from the bridge, and universally, I think the opinion has been it's a suspensionable hit. I'll start with you Davey we've not had anything from Dobbs yet are you expecting something I'm not why I don't think Dobbs are going to I I think if Dobbs were going to um do anything it would have been done by now um I think there's plenty of time from Sunday to this time on Tuesday night uh, especially when you've had two other incidents that wouldn't take any longer to cut a video and look at the evidence. I believe that this is going to be ignored by Dops. Um, I don't know if you want to get Joel's opinion on that and then come back on the actual hit or whether you just want to let me rip here. You um, go for it, mate, if you, you yes, open that. up. This is a hot take, it's, baby. It's, a, it's, a, it's not really a hot take. It's, it's just look at the video. It's a predatory hit. It's principal point to contact the shoulder to head. It's unnecessary. His eyes aren't on the puck. You look at the, I know we'll come later in the show to the Ben O'Connor incident where they describe where the puck is on the ice. You know, the puck isn't there to be played. It's not a play that's taking a player that, that that's stopping. You know, there's one of those hits. You, you make a hit to take a player out of the play so he can't get on to the puck, you know, or turn the puck over. Puck's already gone. Goodwin's in a vulnerable position. The onus in that situation is very, very much on Marjamaki not to make that hit or to make it clean. Um, Goodwin isn't going down. Goodwin stays at the same elevation and he gets hit plumb in the head. It's a bad hit. It's a predatory hit. It's dangerous. It's got no consideration for the puck. It's not a hockey play. All those things that get cited in Dopp's videos, I don't know why it hasn't been cited by Dops. I, I genuinely don't believe they're going to do anything now. And it's just, I have had... Is that purely on the basis that there have been two determinations thus far that we'll talk about later to Ben O'Connor and Sam Jones? Yeah, I, I just don't believe there'll be anything else from Dops at this juncture. I don't think that... Um, I think it would have been out by now. I, I genuinely do. I've spoke to a head coach or a couple of head coaches within this league who have both said dangerous and not part of the game, disgusting hit. I've spoke to someone pretty senior within another club who cannot believe there hasn't been anything else. We spoke with officials from within this league. I've spoke to we someone else on the podcast says has spoke to an official who linesman in the AHL, referee in the NCAA, who says that's in the US and North America, that's five games. Open and shut case. Um, pretty disappointed. We, we we always have to be very careful because you get the tail tinted specs and all, you get accusations that I think we try on a case-by-case basis and when it affects Belfast Giants, if it's a bad hit, I think we usually come out and say, yeah, that's, a, you know, we had a long discussion about the Pelly hit there the other week because it wasn't, but whenever there has been hits where 
Dops have sanctioned Belfast Giants players or perhaps haven't. We've said, well, I think Dops will be having another look at that, whatever. This is as close to an open and shut suspension as I've... Call was right on the night. That deserves supplementary discipline. This is a guy who has had other major penalties this season. Uh, you know, why... Dops don't really explain themselves as to why they do or they don't make, you know, statements. For me, it's open and shut case. I'm... I'm Disappointed. I'd love to know Victoria Silverwoods. This is this is about player safety, and you know this is like kind of all right, lads. It's open season. You can make that hit. You can't make that play. That's just a bad play, and you shouldn't be allowed to play the next game or the next game or possibly even the one after that. Two, three, four, five game ban. I don't think you would hear too many Cardiff Devil fans complaining about that. Well, I'm sorry, I thought there was something coming up there. I don't think you are. I think on on mass, I think the responses have been from the Cardiff Devils fans I've spoken to directly and from what you see on Twitter, you see on the response to our, our the, the the gift that we put out, the um there is no reason why this shouldn't be a suspension to everybody. Everybody's basically saying three to five games because of it being principal contact to the head, it being quite obvious. I think now, if you know, I'm, I'm, I see a lot of kickback already on Twitter of people saying there's been nothing yet, there's nothing yet. I'm holding back on the fact that I don't believe there will be. I still think there will be because it becomes a credibility issue for the Department of Player Safety. Universally, this is quite an open and shut case, as you said. This should be a suspension to that player. And if they don't give a suspension, then the footage is out there for all to see and questions will be asked as to why, because, you know, it is a suspensionable hit. So credibility goes in the bin. And how do you, given the changes and the positive changes that have been made to DOPS, the Situation Room, to everything that's taken place, we saw the Situation Room come into play in the game uh, on Sunday with the uh, the, Shane Owen wanting uh, the goal to be ruled out due to a man in the crease or being interference on him. We see that coming into play and, and the Elite League being very quick to bring out footage on Twitter during the game to say this is why that's been ruled out. You know, that's that's just the way, that's, that's a brilliant thing for them to have. But it becomes a credibility issue if a hit like this goes unpunished. Now, are they saying if it does go unpunished, are they saying the five plus game is a, is enough because it was a check to the head? I I think it's much more than that. Joel, Paddy, you know you're you're both exactly right. You know it's uh, there's really not much to add. You know, uh, first of all, Davy, despite saying you know he doesn't believe there's going to be anything to follow up, has perfectly outlined why it should be uh, a, a suspendable incident. Uh, you know, you you've talked, Paddy, about the credibility of DOPS and really that's where I fall here. The name of the department is the Department of Player Safety. You discredit yourself as an effective policing tool for the league if you don't take such clear-cut footage and see it for what it is, especially whenever I've seen more far more questionable hits to the head and more questionable slew foots, whatever else, get rang up for multiple game suspensions. I do not understand how you can have that evidence presented in front of you to hear the, and I know it's not a, a determinant factor, but to see such overwhelmingly united uh, opinion, even from Cardiff fans, about the nature of this contact, to see David Goodwin 
on the ground like that and to see him uh, lingering before he was able to get up after being treated by the docs. I don't understand how you, as a, as a, I'll say it again, you know, it's very easy. You say DOPS and, uh, so much that you forget what it means, but it is the Elite League's Department of Player Safety. And is that, is, is that incident as a single solitary incident uh, an issue with player safety? Could there be further repercussions if an incident like that goes unchecked, unpoliced? Absolutely, yes. And not only to the action on the ice, but to the league's reputation and the, the standard in which it's held internationally. And that affects players who want to come here. It affects uh, the opinion of this league with players in the ECHL, the AHL, kids coming out of college, whatever else. You know, if, if you let stuff like that go... Who's going to walk over here and play their hockey whenever it's like, no, look, it's a, it's a complete mess. I, I wouldn't, you know, why, why would you want to come yeah. over and take that? Go ahead, David. Like, I'll go back to the Pellich incident from a couple of weeks ago, and we talked and we went through the rule book and stuff about principal point of contact. And certainly the videos that we have, I don't know what DOPS have, if they've got something else, but the video that we have looks fairly clear cut. It looks like Marge Maggie comes in and it appears that his shoulder principal point of contact is Goodwin's temple area. You know, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a hit to the head. It's as clear cut as that. I want to read you a statement that I found earlier. The single most important matter in UK hockey is player safety. Despite repeated calls to change the ineffective DOP system, so this predates Simon Kirkham's tenure, the decisions have been made, Fred, blah, 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 blah. Um, there is a danger that these kind of hits will leave players taking matters into their own hands. The EIHL is also leaving itself open to litigation, but more importantly, players' health is at risk. You know, I call for a committee overhaul of that. Concussion is at an epidemic level in UK hockey. And I talk often on this podcast about it's not okay. Sport, sport hurts. Hockey hurts. It's a physical, it's a contact game. But also, it's unacceptable for players to go home from work hurt because of negligence from other players. And for me, Marjorie Mackey is negligent there. His eyes are on Goodwin at all times. He has no interest where the puck is at all in the play. There's a great still, um, someone from within the league sent me today, of just millisecond before impact. Marjorie Mackey's only looking to hit Goodwin. He's looking to inflict punishment. He's looking to inflict damage, clearly. And he has done both of those. And I think this is a terrible hit. And I think it's it does affect the credibility of the Department of Player Safety that they're not going to do anything more about this. I, I don't believe they're going to. And if they don't, that leaves their credibility for me. They Unless they can come up with some different footage to what we have from what everybody else has seen. And the Twitter sphere has said, yeah, that's not it. I, I haven't seen one, since that video came out, I haven't seen one Cardiff Devil fan coming and saying, that's okay. See, yeah, can I, Sammy, I have that. actually seen one, just one. <laughs> that, of course, there's always one. There has been one, but uh, but yes, I agree with you. If I can just jump back real quick and on it, as Davey has been speaking quite rightly there, I've, I'm sitting with the video in front of me on my phone and I'm just playing it and stopping it and playing it and stopping it. There's two things, you know, well, well what, what would the main DOPS uh, explanation or reasoning be if this was to not be uh, a check into the head penalty with a suspension? It would be that the principal point of contact was not the head. I can't see uh, yeah. in the, within the laws of physics how it isn't. Not only does Marjoram come in uh, 
at the angle he's at, not playing the puck. But I see the arm raise as and it's not as if Goodwin goes down to meet it. Goodwin's body position does not change. Marjorie Mikey's arm raises. And if you play that clip and stop it and, and go back and forward, get David Goodwin's head violently jolts towards the plexiglass. There is no way if the principal point of contact was the shoulder, the head would go that way. If you hit the shoulder, the head will jolt inwards towards the ice. There is physically no way that arm can hit another part of the body and his, his head does not move like that. If this continues to go with complete radio silence from the Department of Player Safety. It's probably the most outrageous non-call I think I've ever seen. This becomes a credibility issue. This becomes a full-time credibility issue for the Department of Player Safety. As you say, that footage is in the open, and if that becomes renowned as having no suspension or no action taken against it, it's a credibility issue for the Department of Player Safety. It's a credibility credibility issue for the Elite League, um, in my opinion. Uh, but let's see what the next few days entail. Um, regards to Sunday's game, let's hear from Adam Keefe and the post-game thoughts also of the Cardiff Devils head coach, Andrew Lord. thought tonight was a really good response. I thought the first period we defended uh, exceptionally well. Uh, kept him to the outside, you know, did a good job in front of Bouncy. Um And then in the second, I thought we had a nice surge there where, um, you know, maybe we could have made, got another one or two. Um, and then obviously the third was, uh, you know, a crapshoot, and we did what we had to do, really just found a way. Uh, got a little crazy at the end, could have done without that, but uh, nice to pull out the win. Joined after the game by Giants head coach Adam Keefe. Uh, coach, I think probably all weekend we were defensively very sound, uh, but maybe just lacked some creativity offensively tonight. What's your assessment on the game? Yeah, I guess that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, but this is playoff hockey. It's not easy to score. Um, you know, you, you can say the same thing for Cardiff, obviously. Uh, one power play goal apiece over the course of the weekend settles the weekend. Um, no five-on-five goals, so... Yeah, we knew that uh, that would be that would be the battle going into tonight's game to try and score five on five and uh, make sure that uh, we did that. And obviously we didn't. So um, to give up that power play goal obviously puts us behind and chasing the game. Do you feel that uh, energy levels were a factor heading into the second period and then into the third? No, um, I'm sure it was a little bit, but I didn't see it impact us in a negative way. Um, obviously, we, we were put under some pressure there in the second period due to the penalty, I think. Um, we got the goal, and obviously killing that penalty gave them some momentum. And um, I, th- I think the third, third period, I think we were shot them 13-2, to two, so um, certainly energy wasn't a factor. Um, if anything, I thought our energy levels were great the entire weekend. Um, we just couldn't turn it into a goal tonight, and obviously they hit the post there at the, you know, with the goalie out. Uh, you'd love to see that one fall in the net instead of out of it, and uh, you know it's a bit of a heartbreaker for everybody involved tonight uh, on the Giants side, anyways. Um, you know, but we need to take the positives out of this weekend that uh, we've proved to ourselves that uh, when it comes time for playoff hockey, that we can play it, and uh, we just need to find a way to to bring that level of consistency and that level of engagement uh, each weekend here for the rest of the season. I think uh, they obviously have a break here now to get rejuvenated with the Olympic break. And uh, we've given our guys some, some time to rest and recover and, and come back uh, hungry. 
Um, you know, myself and obviously a few of the, the British players will be away with Team GB trying to qualify for the final round of the Olympics uh, qualifiers. So that's important for this league and this country as well. So um, obviously a, a big week for them uh, and uh, I guess a, a great week for recovery and um, to let those energy levels get back to where we need them for when we get back here on uh, following the, the Olympic qualifiers, we can have a, a great week of practice. And obviously, um, in amongst that week of practice, we have uh, the only one and only ice hockey player, Mark Garside, testimonial that uh, this is exciting and, and well-earned by him. And uh, as a guy who's been around here uh, most of the time that he's been here, um, you know, he's a special player and a, and a great teammate uh, so to, to celebrate him and have an evening to celebrate uh, his career here and everything he's done for, for this organization, it's extremely important. And um, you know, it's one of the things I ask the guys to, to get on board here and, and, and really help Mark celebrate uh, not only the, the night, but obviously there's a dinner the night before and uh, everything that goes into that testimonial week. Um, obviously, we need to be professionals and um, celebrate it, but... Uh, take care of ourselves because we have a big weekend following that. Uh, the major talking point for the fans tonight will obviously be uh, 21-year-old Liam Morgan dropping the gloves with Blair Riley. Uh, Morgan obviously not known as a fighter and out of the NCAA and, and Blair has a history in the AHL of dropping the gloves. Um, you must be proud of Morgs for stepping up there knowing what that would do for the bench and for the fans. Yeah, I thought it was incredibly courageous of, uh, of Liam obviously being a, a rookie pro and going in against a veteran uh, like you said, AHL fighter essentially, uh, you know, and, and he did a great job. So it was uh, great energy for the bench, and uh, every single guy respected that. And um, I thought the bench had a real lift from it. So um, it's just obviously a shame we couldn't uh, get a couple for him because uh, I thought he really made a difference there in that period and obviously showed us uh, what it means to him to be a part of this team. So that was... Uh, uh, kudos, kudos to Liam for standing up for himself and, and this team. Wish you well with Team GB coach. Thank you. Uh, highlights from the game, Belfast Giants TV on YouTube and also the great game reports and the uh, post-game interviews that you've heard are also available on kingdomofthegiants.com and on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB. Before we move on, just a comment about the referee and over the course of the weekend, we did have Liam Sewell and Tom Perring. I think it was quite a surprise, but then the, let's say, the pool of referees is getting a little bit thin at the minute. I don't think we've seen Sewell and Perring that much in uh, the SSE over the course of a number of seasons. But, um, Joel, your take on the referee and across the weekend? Yeah, thanks, Paddy. And, and I did bring this up to you guys just as something that I had noticed. I, I felt anyway, and maybe it's because we've seen an awful lot of Andy Dalton this year and a distinct refereeing style, but I felt that the two games were refereed stylistically very different than anything else that I had watched this season. Uh, for a lot of that weekend in both games, the, the boys were, were just let play. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something I used to sing the praises of uh, in the earlier years of Tom Darnell. He was a great believer in letting the boys play. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be the spectacle. The hockey is the spectacle and only step in whenever you need to. And there are good and there are bad sides to it. We've obviously talked about the bad side to it there, um, culminating in, in David Goodwin getting hit. And obviously there was a stoppage there and there was a, a, an ejection. Um, but I think that the... 
I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know if we want to tie it together. But if I look at the first game, uh, Bobby Farnham was sandwiched uh, behind Ben Bounds uh, in, in football. In American football terms, you'd nearly have called it a high low. You know, he, he was he was millered from both sides by two devils. Uh, there were three very very clear what I well what I have seen called roughing calls uh, already this season completely let go in the devil's D zone on us. And we didn't even mention the fact that Ryan Lowney was given a holding call whilst being dragged down the devil's zone or the, the giant zone in a headlock. You know, there are there are good and there are bad sides to it. I do like a game where there are long passages of play and there are rapid shifts unfolding. And in the Sunday game there was something I think like seven and a half minutes of uninterrupted play in the third period and suddenly the clock was down to like eleven minutes. And uh, you know, fantastic for the, the entertainment and the spectacle of it because you're just so locked in on the game. But you know, there is a very, very fine line to battle or to tread here, and I'm not trying to say that I have the answers and whatever else. Uh, you know, Adam Keefe said that he largely was happy enough on the Saturday with with the way the game was refed. But I think that they just uh, erred on the side of recklessness a bit too much across the course of the weekend. Both games felt fast and loose and they felt to a certain degree unpoliced. And in, in 2020 ice hockey with the way, I guess, the role of the enforcer and fighting and, and the, the, the sort of uh, how common that is these days it just doesn't really sit with how hockey's played anymore I, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not I just I felt like the the games felt distinctly different in terms of officiating all weekend Davey yeah look I, I suppose the one thing they need to take from that is that when you go on to the next weekend it could be refereed completely differently yeah um, you know a little bit of consistency and, and I'm, I'm all for let them play let the players decide it uh, and you're, the referees are really only stepping. You know, it's a diff- the game's different now. You know, you, they're calling everything with a, a level of intolerance, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But the referees just mean you know, the sticking infractions, the hooking, and all they all get called, especially with the four man system. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say put the whistles away because then the next week you get you go to Scotland and you've got Pavel and Toby and and everything gets called. You know, it's it's difficult for the players to know. That, that's where the players have to kind of get to know the the referees and, and what they're going to get in any given night as well. But uh, look, the, the the referees to the largest extent on on the weekend allowed the players to decide the game, and I guess that's what we want. We don't want to be talking about officials. And I think after the weekend, you can do you know, what we do. You know, tip your cap to them and say that they did a pretty good job. Let's have a quick look across the league. Uh, the Challenge Cup final contenders have been decided. It will be the Sheffield Steelers against the Cardiff Devils on the 8th of March. Steelers absolutely ruined the Glasgow clan. Um, not surprising. Meanwhile, at the uh, at the NIC, the Panthers bottled a two-goal lead to, uh, to hand it to the uh, Cardiff Devils in the final period. Delphia saw each other at the, uh, at the Viola Arena. The the Kyle Bond Arena on the eighth of March. Um, <laughs> le, we've we've spoke a bit about it, but let's let's look at what has been determined. Um, Dops has ruled on two things so far. Ben O'Connor of the Sheffield Steelers received two games. Sam Jones of the Five Flyers has received one game. Um, have you just seen any of these incidents? I have. You've seen them, David. I have indeed. You, well, go on then. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, uh, which one do you want to go first? Big go for ben, go for go for better color. Um, straightforward case of the pucks hundred feet away on the boards by the players' benches. He's pretty much around the blue line on the penalty box side of the ice, and he gets in a bit of a I don't know 
calls a bit of a tangle with uh, Ferguson. He just cross checks him in the sort of neck. Two hand cross checks him. It's it's it's, 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 it's stupid. It's it's kind of out of character, and um, I think that's why it only got two games. Um, it's it's it was one of those. It's just literally open and shut case. No matter what Ferguson was doing, there was no slashing or any of that. There's I think it was a bit of jaw more than anything, and I just literally just got a stick in a bake for it. So it's uh, an easy one for adopts. The other one, um, Sam Jones. Yep. You know, whenever you look at, I know we've done the, the, the Goodwin thing to death, but, you know, Jones comes in, makes the hit, and then throws the elbow into the head, and you see the head snapping back, and then he drops the gloves. And he, so <clears throat> I think what Dobbs have said on the night, I think he got two for roughing and then five-minute fighting major. They're saying he should have got a major penalty for the elbow as well. Um, yeah. So they've, they've added that on now as a, as a one-match suspension. It's, it's an pretty MMA pretty elbow stupid. strike, like it was. It was pretty stupid, wasn't it, Joel? Um, yeah. When you when you look at it, but you know, Dobbs were pretty quick to react on those two, and I think Dobbs, when they get it right, they've got it right. I I don't think that anyone can look at either. Say, player safety hasn't been at the utmost of their mind, and those guys are getting taught a but fine and on a suspension because of their stupidity, Joel. Yeah, look, I honestly, as as cut and dry as suspensions come, and, and I think the, the levels of suspension probably about fair. Uh, I think uh, Ben O'Connor just fractures a wee bit. I think he just sees red. Uh, there, there doesn't really seem to be much in the lead up to it that makes him strike out like that. And that's probably the determinant factor and that there's very little, you know, kind of build up or, or you know, context to it. It's sort of a, a snapshot out of nowhere. Um, yeah. I think Sam Jones, again, you know, you're, you're not really thinking there. You're, you're getting into it in the corner. You're kind of tangled up. But that initial strike is like something you would see in the octagon. Like it's, it's a pretty <laughs> brutal hit. Um, so like fully deserved. But it just, it's frustrating whenever you, you read through Dop's explanations and, and I'm not going to go back to Dop's silence on the Cardiff thing. Um, but a lot of the mitigating factors and a lot of the explanations and whatever else, they apply to what I'm seeing in that Goodwin uh, contact. So, uh, look, we shall see. I, 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 you know, I'm, j- I'm trying to rationalize myself. You know, are those two, they, they are more clean cut because they are very obviously not part of the game. They're not even a hit within the game or whatever. Uh, but it's just, it's it's frustrating to see the, the similarities in terms of explanations and point of contact and, and the way the player reacts after being hit in the head by an elbow. It looks very similar. Uh, so we're, I guess we wait with bated breath. Uh, Sheffield themselves, who you say with Ben O'Connor being suspended, that game against the Guildford Flames, that was the second game. They were beaten twice over the weekend. They were hammered 5-1 at home. To, by the Nottingham Panthers and then beaten 6-5 away by the Guildford Flames which means that everybody Cardiff, Belfast and I guess Nottingham here still in with a shout now have all gained on the league leaders um, regards to the playoff push at the other side of the table Dundee picked up two points Manchester picked up one so it's very very tight at the bottom of the table Manchester reinforcing their playoff push with the sign, signing of the former Guildford Flame Cam Brace. Um, looking at the table, Sheffield leading the way still, 42 played, 57 points. Then Cardiff on 52 points, Belfast on 50 points, Nottingham on 48, Coventry on 45, Guildford on 43, Clan in 7th on 35, just two points ahead 
of the Manchester Storm on 33 and then going outside of the playoff positions Dundee are one point behind the Storm having played an extra game on 32 and Fife well we've talked about Fife propping up the league table not doing very well 25 points from 40 games um there are no games for a number of the elite league teams this coming weekend. The main, the main reason being is that Team GB undertake Group J of Olympic qualifying at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. They'll play Romania on Thursday night at 7.30, Estonia on Friday night at 6 and Hungary on Saturday night at 6 p. Sorry, Estonia on Saturday and uh, Saturday at 6 and Hungary on Sunday at 6 p.m. The winner of this stage will go on to face Belarus, Austria and the hosts Slovakia in final qualifying. But if you want to watch these games, all of them will be on free sports this Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, ben Lake and Paul Swinderhurst, the only two Belfast Giants in the GB team. Uh, Davey, given how GB have played in uh, world qualifiers, uh, sorry, world world championships, sorry, um, is this a group that they should be qualifying from? It's a group that they can qualify from. It's, it's still a high-quality group, and it's a, I suppose with the being at home, that adds pressure as well. Um, if ever there was a time for GB to, to manage to get through and get the Olympics, this is probably it. You know, they're they're riding on the crest of a wave. Three or four years now of consecutive sort good performances and gold medal performances at World Championships, culminating, I guess, with the, the rise of the top division and, and being able to hang in there. You know, they've got the dual nationals in there as well now, which adds a little bit of depth to, to the situation. They obviously don't have Colin Shields on the power play, which is, uh, you know, gives somebody else an opportunity. But uh, I, I, it's it's always, I'd like to see more Belfast Giants involved. Of course, that always piques your interest a wee bit more in it as well. But I hope, um, I hope they do qualify, you know, just for... Um, our players, our British players from around the elite league to see them at the Olympics. It just adds a little bit more interest into the tournament. And I think those boys will um, they'll be giving it their all, that's for sure. The boys that are, haven't gone away with GB have got another few months now to, to get their heads back down and, and try and get that form picked up and get themselves back in contention for the World Championships. But this is a big, big few days coming up for Team GB and uh, wish them well. As you can tell, I'm very excited about it, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get uh, I get in uh, in sort of uh, world's fever at the end of every season, especially recently because of the narrative of, of Team GB, and uh, you know, it's uh, really for me that the only ice hockey team that I that I love and the only team that that I really care about is the Belfast Giants. Uh, but for that reason, then you know, you've got your head coach out there working alongside Pete Russell. Uh, you've got Taff working uh, in the back room and making sure the boys have everything they need to to compete. And of course, you've got Ben Lake and Paul Swindlehurst out there. And I totally echo Davy. It would be lovely to see more of our guys out there representing. It would be lovely to once again see someone from Belfast wear a GB shirt. I don't know that anyone has since Graham Walton did in the at the end of the sorry the start of the the last decade. Um, but but still, you're you're going to keep an eye and you're going to wish the boys well. I, I hope everybody, including opposition, opposition, gets back in one piece to to carry on the domestic league. Uh, the the domestic league this year is is fantastic in terms of its uh, how close it is and and the twists and turns that there have been. Uh, it will be lovely to see in terms of the. I guess validity of ice hockey as a, a sport in the United Kingdom. Uh, you know, at the going to the Olympics, it would do wonders for for marketing of the domestic league, and that would be great to see. Uh, and also, just how you know, knowing the boys, knowing the Giants guys that are out there, and, and Adam as well, whatever else, and um, it would be lovely 
because I know that they would want it. You know, it'd be a real feather in their cap to be able to go and do it again. Uh, it's it's cool to see, you know, photos from practice. It's it's a bit of a strange one when you see someone like you know, a photo like Ben Lake standing uh, with his nice signature moustache, which I love to death, you know, beside Brendan Connolly and they're all wearing the same jersey. Um, no, it's, it's just feel good. It's nice. I, I can't profess to be the biggest Team GB fan, uh, but, but I hope that they do well. I still think it's a tall order. You know, whenever you get through this one, this is for another qualifying group uh, before you even make it. But listen, uh, they have rewritten the, the narrative uh, more than once in the past kind of three, four years. So who's to say they can't do it again? As I said, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday, all the games are on Free Sports. Time for the results of the Player of the Month Award brought to you by our good friends at Phonacab. We give you the short list of four of who you thought were the main candidates for January's Player of the Month. And from that short list, you voted for Lewis Hook with 42% of the vote. Lewis got his award on Saturday night after the win over the Cardiff Devils. We'll hear from him in a second. A big congratulations to him and a big thanks to Phonacab for sponsoring the award. Joined after the game by AVFTB Player of the Month, Lewis Hook. Uh, Hookie, first of all, a uh, real tight game tonight, but the crowd was in that from the start, and uh, I think by the end it was a bit of an unlikely classic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a huge game for us to get the two points, and I think it was just a good game to watch as well, and a good, definitely a good game to play in. Um, it was close, and obviously getting the power play goal means it was you know nil nil five on five, so it was a fast paced hockey game. Um, and yeah, the crowd were in it from the start, and that helped us uh, keep going, especially with the penalty kills early on in the game. That helped us and spurred us on, and then like you said, getting the power play goal really helped us, and then in the backhand just um, staying solid defensively and uh, not giving them a chance. They didn't really have a chance to. Yeah. To uh, equalise, so it was yeah overall a very good game, full sixty minutes, and um, we just need to keep moving on to tomorrow. And uh, obviously, with the job half done, plenty in the tank for tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're excited. We know what we need to do, and we know what we want to do. Um, and four points is, uh, would be huge this weekend. So um, yeah, halfway there, we get a good rest tonight and come back out tomorrow. You were voted this month by the fans as a View from the Bridge Player of the Month. Uh, just your reaction to that. Yes, very humbling and um, I appreciate it by the fans and you know, yeah, it's been a good month for me but you know, and the team as well, we're starting to get on a roll here and we're starting to push for that um, league title so um, yeah, thanks again but let's just hope we can carry on. That's it, cheers Hookie, thanks. Cheers buddy. Yep, so Player of the Month, Lewis Hook, David? He did very well, um, he took down a, a large chunk of the, the vote so congratulations to him, he's been fighting away for his ice time there. I think maybe over the previous month, he'd struggled even more. A few injuries here and there. He's got himself up the line a wee bit, and uh, he's taken opportunities in the camp. He skated hard. He, skate, he skates so well. That's one thing Hookie has. He skates so very, very well, and he can get himself there. For a minute. And he's not afraid to throw the body about there. So he's hit, and he's you know he's skated hard when he's got the opportunities, came up with a few points, and... Uh, He's he's a solid addition to this Belfast Giant lineup. He's a critical piece of the of the jigsaw, and you know I would love to see him getting a shot with GB. You never know for the world if he can close this season out well. But um, you know it's uh, glad to see a, a a young lad like him getting his name, coveted trophy in all of sports. 
Jolly. <laughs> yeah, uh, lovely that his dad, Steve, was in the arena on Sunday. Yep. A, a nice coincidence that that he was obviously voted and, and the presentation was there while there i think he had some family in uh, just over the entire weekend um i love hooky I, I i make no bones about that i think he's he's a he's a great guy uh, i think his best years as a player are still ahead of him which is class uh, i i feel like he uh, is at home in belfast i feel like he loves playing for this club and i would like to see him settle as kind of the next generation of our long-term brick core. You know, uh, I'm not saying that Mark Garside is by any means nearly finished, but, you know, you're in his testimonial year. We've already bid goodbye to Colin Shields. Uh, you know, a few years ago, Craig Peacock moved on. Uh, and we really haven't had that nucleus like we did in, uh, across the last decade. So it'd be lovely to see Hookie continue to develop. And, and I, I draw comparisons to him and Craig Peacock in his early years, having both come from Peterborough and, and stepped up from from what was the English Premier League at the time. Uh, and and I I just I think Hookie has more to offer. Couldn't agree more with Davy in terms of uh, I think it's something that he went away and worked on all summer because he came back with jets this year. His feet are yeah, sensational, um, and I think that his hands will continue to develop and match that. Uh, and, and the more ice time he gets, the better. So a very well deserved nod. You know, it's it's sometimes. It's easy to get uh, distracted by the guys that are scoring the pretty goals and stealing the headlines, but guys like Lewis Hook, guys like Kieran Long, they're out there grinding, working hard, and they're team first guys. Uh, and I would like to see Lewis Hook in this team for a long time to come. Yep, massive congratulations to Lewis Hook, who received the award on Saturday after the game against the Cardiff Devils. And a big thanks, as always, to Funicab for sponsoring the award right no tfa this week just a few questions that we asked on twitter ask davy ask joel maybe i'll ask answer one myself i'll start with one for you davy from mark jameson which one player is the first on your list to be signed up for next season Ooh. rainer not, not even not a second no second thoughts about that kevin rain joel do you have one it's Kevin Rain. Uh, he is the <laughs> best. He's the best defenseman in the league, uh, and and he's a guy who has fallen for this city and this club in a way that I have seen guys like Robbie <laughs> Sandrock, uh and and many others fall for it. I think Rainer is a, a core element of this team, and honestly, I think he'll be here until he hangs him up. Um, Catherine Hughes, have you guys any game day superstitions? In the arena, I have to go up the same steps and use the same loo. My 15-year-old son goes to the bridge during the second period break to the clock, says six minutes, and then does a lap of the concourse. That's, I tell you what, that is good. That's uh, that's some good superstitions. Uh, the uh, I don't think personally I haven't had one since I left Belfast, but it used to be basically just drinking the same pub before the game. Uh, David? <laughs> I don't have any I've, I've football superstitions. You know, I've wore the same socks from I was 16 uh, playing football. So almost 30 years in them, same socks and same tile. My granny gave me them when I was 16. I started playing. You want to see a stadium I'm like? What uh, color did they start and what color are they now? One's green and one's black. And the tiles, like uh, I've got uh, people say to me, but they're on socks and say, no, there's a pair like that in the house as well. Um, <laughs> Oh my god! The, the, the tile is is more holy than you know a day out of the Vatican. Um, <laughs> Holier than a plane uh, to Lourdes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a state now. It's 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 pretty well stitched up. I must stick it. Unbelievable, this guy. <laughs> but yeah, they um, I, so they're my football superstitions. But um, as far as hockey goes, not really anymore. Probably dead. I probably did when I was going to the SSC or the Odyssey every week, but yeah. can't really even remember what they are now. 
Joe? Uh, we have to, of course, pause at this point and uh, tip our cap to Sizz's lucky pants. Oh, yeah, uh, were were in- instrumental in winning the Elite League title for us last year. Uh, so you, you got to love that. I don't think I have superstitions. I, I guess it's the the one of the most, if not the most common hockey one. I, I, I'll stay away from the word shutout uh, on a game day. Uh, things like that. You know, it's it's more about, uh, I think it's maybe a bit, uh, quite a Northern Irish thing, but you're you're always conscious of putting the scud on any team that you're watching. So you don't make predictions. You don't say, oh, what if this happens or, or talk injuries or say the, the shutout word. Um, I guess I'm more just a routine guy. Um, so it's it's like you on podcast day, Paddy. You uh, you spin a lot of plates to make this show happen. And I know that you're, uh, you're a stickler for kind of having all your ducks in a row, for want of a better term. And I would be the same on a game day. It's all, all my stuff is hung up, uh, you know, in the same place every week. Uh, all of the the multiple electronic devices I need are plugged into charge at the same time every day. Like to get to the rink as close to six o'clock as possible and make myself super anxious with all that free arena coffee. Uh, <laughs> so, and then I'm in my then I'm in my zone. Then I'm zen and I can start writing garbage takes for the internet. You know, <laughs> Matt MacGyver, isn't it true that bourbons are better than custard creams? No, it's not. No, absolutely no, not. No, Matt. It's not. And, and you should honestly be ashamed of yourself. Uh, this has been a very fiery debate in media for the last couple of weeks now. It's absolutely torn the heart out of the camp. Uh, there is disunity among the Belfast Giants family, and it's because of this absolutely ridiculous <laughs> statement that bourbons are better than custard creams. They are the ginger stepchild of custard creams, and I refuse <laughs> to acknowledge them. Uh, dear, I'm Scott Fulton. Do you, do you just, think the change like in... The, huh? I just like that before you go on there, Paddy. Go on. Worth to that, um, you know, oh, here he goes. Here he goes. If you're, if you're, oh, you're going to step in for bourbons, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, absolutely. Yasum, Yasum, loyal. Ah, of course, Disgrace. of course. Disgrace. Disgrace. You're just so wrong. You're just, you're just being contrarian. You're just being contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> beep that. <laughs> beep that. In fact, also beep Ginger Stepchild, would you? <laughs> ginger Stepchild's not being beeped. Um, I'm married to a ginger. I know you are. That's why it's not being beeped. Do you, do you, Scott Fulton, do you think the change in roster size next year will help improve British players or will it just help teams give bigger contracts to fewer imports, David? Um, no, I don't think it'll help improve the British game. I think we've shown before that the roster size going up and down and the import level going up and down just means that teams will be forced actually to play more three-line hockey than four-line hockey that we were trying to develop. So, um we tried that under 23 thing for a few years, but then those under 23 players got a wee bit older. And I think we went to like under 25 or something. So once they, they're like, what do we do? So it's, um, it's one of those, if they're good enough, they're old enough and they're good enough to play, they'll play. And if they're not good enough to play, then the coaches won't play them, unfortunately. And, and we sometimes use that term, you know, they've got the wrong passport. And I think to an extent in this league, that can happen. Um, British players sometimes don't get the ice time they deserve over a an equally kind of performing or underperforming, say, Canadian or American. Um, so to answer the question, no, I don't think it'll uh, aid British development at all. One more. We, 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 sorry, I want to wrap it up. We do have a question from Stevie at Belfast Steve. How did the podcast come about? Uh, that's a very long story. I'll tell that on another occasion. Um, but, but, but what you do need to do, Paddy, because I was very recent, to the AVF TV vault 
And what you do need to do is release the audio of you and Arn on the very first show well, that... explain, explaining what a podcast is. Well, that audio is readily available. I didn't know it's so good. No, that's back in 2005. It's readily available. But no, it's thanks. Fantastic. Thanks. I, 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 I will... think you should take a really, yes, give a wee quick shout at that. Oh uh, yeah, OG, a hundred percent. Mr. Kernahan is the uh, is the godfather behind a view from the bridge. Mm. The man who came up with the idea of the podcast and uh, and and the reason why our Tuesday nights are taken up with sitting in front of a microphone talking hockey. Uh, so yes, hi, man. If we're done, um, uh, do you know what, man? I've still got that spreadsheet up there. What was the last one? I, it must be over five hundred. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. I think not at, at, this, at this point in time. I'll get that. I'll, do you know what? I'll update that spreadsheet. It's been well uh, overdue. I know uh, it's a been a, a real kind of anchor to me since I moved away to England. Unbelievably, almost 10 years now. Like I've been doing mm-hmm. this for, virtually every Tuesday night since I moved to England. Um, <laughs> it's been a, a great way of keeping that hook into Belfast for me. I, I don't know you know yep. what i would do without it it's actually really a great thing for me i, I agree with you mate it, it's 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 maintained my love of the club and and, and something that i'm great passionate about and yeah i'll tell the story of how it came about it maybe in a forthcoming podcast or a live podcast but uh but yeah it's been it's been a hell of a ride this year as of october it'll be 15 15 years where's my life gone um <laughs> <laughs> can i can i get can i just uh, i got a big moment because we're being uh, emotional like i, I obviously am the, i am the young buck here and and you know I, I never mentioned this but i'm quite a bit younger than you guys uh you know I've, I've got I've still got my youth and whatever else but no like i aside from all that uh, it's Who's not so- guy? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? it's uh, i'm gonna be nice shut up oh it's, baby <laughs> It's not something I take lightly being able to be on this show with you boys. You know, it's something I listened to for a very long time, and uh, and uh, you know, I may not always show it, uh, but I do hold you guys in fairly high regard. You know, you're you're all right, um, but it's uh, but it's it's a privilege for me to be able to sit in uh, you know in something that has, lo- has existed for so long, and I think it's a privilege to to have uh, an audience, regardless of its size. You know, I think you should. Uh, you know, you should never take that for granted that someone gives up their time to to sort of engage with what you're putting out. And for uh, for me to have been trusted with that, you know, you you, you guys' product and, and the audience you have and whatever else, it, it means a lot to me and I never take it for granted. So you aren't bad, you know, you're, you're not bad. Uh, it's a fun thing to do, mate. It's a fun thing to do. Um, you're 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 welcome. <laughs> <laughs> not a mouthful of water there. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much for turning up! <laughs> You also get quite a lot of council money for looking after me. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, <laughs> right, thanks to everybody who sent in their questions. We'll probably hopefully have a normal TFA come the next podcast in a couple of weeks because the Belfast Giants are on hiatus thanks to the Olympic break. Um, two games come the week after that. Uh, a home game to the Manchester Storm on Saturday the 15th of February at 7pm. Uh, tickets available or Belfast Giants TV. And then on Sunday we're away to the Nottingham Panthers 4pm, no webcast. We're not going to go into previewing these because they're two weeks away. Um, any other business, I want to start with Bleed Tail 100 and a bit of news from you, Mr. McJimsey. Well, yes, but before I go on to that, please, please, please give us your blood. Um, we need we need pints um, to get this up towards 100. I think we're in the 30s, maybe 40s now. We're, yep. you know, we're, we're, we're pushing there. We can do this. 
with a bit of goodwill, we've still got like six or seven weeks of the season left, but we need your blood. Um, I'm going to, when I'm, when I'm home for Gary's testimonial next week, um, I'm going to try and speak, reach out to some of our contacts within the media and see if we can get a little push on this and even bring people from outside the club some way into the club for the next couple of weeks to get get their blood. We'll get them a pint. They're going to get a donation. Who knows if we can speak to the right people at the club. We might even be able to get them a ticket for that game um, at the end of the season, you know, fill the old barn up and, and get blood off people. It would be really, really great. Every pint of blood helps three people and can save three lives. And I'm telling you, it's easy. If you can do it, if there's nothing in it, anybody can. But if you can do it, you get biscuits, you get tea, you get an hour off work. It's, it's, like an, it's nice. almost a no-brainer. Um, so if you can. But on the back of that, we've had a little link up with badly drawn EIHL. Everybody that follows us on AVFTB are bound to know of this guy. I, I sent them a message the other day saying, I'm not sure whether you're just like an absolute genius artist or a complete piss artist i'm just his drawings is his drawings are special let's put it like that and he, what we're going to do is we're going to get every belfast giant player and staff as in coaches and stuff done we're going to get them signed we're going to get the originals free and we're going to have a limited edition print version we're going to get them auctioned off with all the profits going to our bleed tail to try and top up you know the the bleed teal one hundred that it's it's going to be our chosen like AVFTB charity for this season. We always try to do something each year. This year it's going to be for the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting all those pictures together, and then we'll have more information on exactly how we'll sell them or when we'll sell them. But I'm sure there'll be people who'll be really really keen on getting certain players that they love. Absolutely, and as Davy yeah. says. Keep uh keep giving us your blood and and keep the the uh the bleed teal one hundred rolling towards the end of the season and that's a great tie in one thanks to the uh thanks to badly drawn EIHL whoever you are whoever you are that's um, me <laughs> one item I'm gonna throw in right here is a very very Stop. important one because seven days from this day and from this moment that we're talking is the Mark Garside testimonial where you'll have the likes of Colin Shields, Spiro Galakis, you'll have Jonathan Boxall, you'll have uh, Steve Saviano's coming back, Graham Walton, Mark Morrison, uh, Steve Thornton. We've heard this week that uh, Adam Keefe's going to be playing. Some guy called Kitchen is going to be yes. putting the skits on. He's back. He's back. Uh, <laughs> He's back He's doing it for the bridge. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a couple of days because you're going to have the, the gig on the night before at the Empire and then the event itself, Joel, at the SSE Arena. What a night it's going to be. I love a testimonial, boys. I absolutely love it. Uh, I think my first was Shane Johnson's. Uh, I was there for Johnny's and then obviously Wally's has happened, Shed's, and I'm probably missing some. Murph as well. Uh, love a testimonial. You know, I, I, whenever you love the club like we do, and, and like a lot of people who listen to this show do, there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of nerves involved in a game night because you're you're obviously so invested in how the team's doing and whatever else. You see when you, that feeling of just being able to shed all of that for a couple of days and to celebrate the the history of your team and its culture and see old friends. There's such a feel good factor around a testimonial game, and and you know. 
not least for the person that it's actually for. And uh, and, and I'm not sure how to adequately convey just how much I love Mark Garside. Uh, you know, he just he's, he's the most unlikely hockey player. There's nothing about him that fits any single trope of being an ice hockey player, apart from the fact that he is ice hockey player Mark Garside. This is the so, so well-deserved. It's going to be the highlight of the season. Uh, the fact that he's dusting off the old axe for a, a gig night. Uh, he's promised a few sort of musical surprises from faces that you may recognize. Uh, if you've been to any of the pre-testimonial dinners and drafts, you know how much fun they are. Uh, and and it uh, sets everybody up with a nice hangover for game day as well. I'm just absolutely buzzing. I hope to be down in the tunnel grabbing as much content and as many chats as I can to, to kind of, uh, I guess, capture the moment for posterity. I just absolutely cannot wait. Mr. Majemsi, you're jumping on a plane and you're taking part in this fantastic event. I love Mark Garside. I always have been <laughs> a massive, no, unashamed fanboy. You know, 538 games. He only stands second to, you know, Wally and, and Sheds in terms of actually third day. <laughs> if you want to say <laughs> But, um, you know, 538 games for the club, over 200 points. And if you, whenever Mark Garside signed by Doug Christensen all those years ago, would you have thought he would still be an absolute staple on the blue line for the Belfast Giants? No, you wouldn't have. And he's built an absolutely great career for himself. And congratulations to him. Um, oh, by the way, Besco yes. shirt. If you want to yes. get your hands on tickets for the Besco shirt, reach out to us, PayPal me, five or three tickets for a fiver. Great value. You could walk home with that. Uh, Besco shirt is going to be raffled off next on the gig night, I think. Um you know, so get in touch. Support Gary. He'd buy tickets for your testimonial. So he, would, uh, he absolutely would. Hundred percent would. Hundred percent. So um, support him. It's going to be a really fun night to see some of those old boys back again. I hope to be down in a vicinity with you, Joel. I've, I've says is trying to rope me into doing a wee job. So we'll see if that works out. Beautiful. But you know, he's given us some great memories. He scored some great goals. Um, of course, that fight with David Ling, where he absolutely pulverized him. Give Neil Whiteside the be- one of the best footage pieces of footage he's ever had. Best so you, clip you, of all you time. Look at Gary, we've got maybe 20 games left this season, 550 games, another season of 70 games. 20, you know, Gary really needs one, two more seasons, and he could very well be the all time leading appearance maker for the best. Just as long as he really wants to at the minute. He's in great shape. Yep, He's probably yep. in, his, uh, in the best shape of his career. Um, hopefully a few of those injuries are behind him now. So, you know, I, I look forward to seeing uh, Gary in a, in a Belfast Giants shirt for a few more years to come yet. Absolutely. So that's this, ne- sorry, next Tuesday, uh, the Mark Garcia testimonial. And of course, on the Monday night at the Empire, the draft and gig and everything around that. Uh, any other business, gents? The only thing I have, on, and it's just a wee shout out here to Andy Key. Um, yes. Lost a very good friend to cancer. Andy Key, of course, the Pirates' dad, mm-hmm. um, and a staple in a way ring around around the place with us. He, he lost a friend to cancer today, and his mate John, almost forty years as buddies, and uh, that's uh, that's sore for him. So our thoughts are with you, Kizo, and uh, we'll catch up with you in the in the bleachers one of these days soon. Here, Love yeah. Andy, yeah, yeah. That, great guy, good, good guy, really good guy. Um, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. As I said, no games for the Belfast Giants this weekend. The GB games are live on Free Sports. We'll return after the games against the Manchester Storm at home and Nottingham 
away the following weekend on the Saturday and the Sunday. Thanks to Adam Keefe, Adam Lord and the Lewis Hook. You can get us at, at AVFTB on Twitter, kingdomofthegiants.com, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com is your email, soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB. You can download us on Apple, Spotify and the Cool App amongst all the different places where you get all your uh, all your good podcasts and your bad ones as well. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much to Mr. Neil and Mr. Majimsi. Pleasure, boys. Thank you. Cheers, boys. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.